rather than just having this thorn in everyone's side, both of our side, in our marriage of like, I'm just so different from her. He's just you no, know, he's just so different from me. We're just never going to see the same thing eye to eye. What we should instead focus on is that the Lord made us differently for a very specific purpose. Mm. My different, my tendencies and priorities, and Elizabeth's tendencies and priorities are going to come together. One can strengthen the other so that our marriage can be a strong, like foundation for this family and light to other people. Hey there, and welcome to Marriage Talks, a real, authentic, and relatable podcast about how to thrive in your marriage. Here you'll find helpful information shaped by a biblical worldview on all things marriage-related, sex, money, parenting, and so much more. We are Michael and Elizabeth, and welcome, welcome to the to show. The show. <laughs> I was like trying to do it with you. I, was like, uh. I always forget you do that. Like it always kind of shocks me, even though it's been like four <laughs> times now. <laughs> oh, well. We'll get it one of these days. Yeah. We'll sound professional eventually. Yes. Before we jump into today's episode, which is actually really good that we're addressing this, because this has been, we've had to revisit this in our own marriage quite often. Oh my gosh, yeah. Um, Like weekly. <laughs> Almost daily sometimes. Yeah, I was going to say, more like daily. And um, yeah, so I'm, a, I'm very excited to talk about it because I think it, it'll just be really therapeutic for us and hopefully listeners will take away some good nuggets and it'll be helpful for their own marriages. But we do want to let you know that today's episode is sponsored by the Marriage Talks Patreon page. There's really cool stuff there, lots of perks, and we're always in the um, in the idea room working up new perks and fun things to add to it. So we would love for you to check it out. Um, the link is in the show notes. And if you decide to you know, participate in one of the tiers that we offer, it just helps further the ministry of Marriage Talks, which is really, really special to us. So thanks for checking it out. Yeah, we have stickers, guys. We got lots of stickers with no homes yet. Yeah. And we want to give them away. Yeah. So check it out. There's some sticker tiers in there. Yes. Yeah. Our stickers are cool. Yeah, they're really cool. And they really need need to be put on phones and cars. Badly, people. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> also want to remind you to rate and review the podcast. It is the way that podcast um, discovery works is that popular stuff that gets a lot of interaction gets put on the top. So there's a lot of marriage podcasts out there. None quite as good as this one, if I say so myself. Yeah. So let's let's try to show that by uh, giving us some good ratings, some five stars, and good reviews. Yes. And we love to read our reviews here on air. Yes, we do. Yes, Keep that in mind. It's been a little while since we saw a new one, and I want to read one. Yes. So check it out, y'all. Thanks for doing that. Okay. So today's episode, which like I said before, I am really excited to talk about because it's a good heart check for me because of just my personality type. Um, but we're going to be talking about loving your spouse through their differences. And I think this is really, I think this is actually really great timing. And we maybe could have done it earlier, like in the year during the summer when quarantine was at its highest. This probably would have been very uh, perfectly timed at that point. You know, when you're like not leaving the house and you're seeing your spouse 24-7, you're like... I'm seeing all new sides to them. Yeah. What is happening? Yeah. I mean, we did a quarantine episode. I think we covered something similar. Yeah. We just didn't call it this. 
Yeah, but loving... It comes up a lot, though. Yes. Loving your spouse through their differences is really, really important and so needed whether you're quarantined or not. Like, you're going to go through different seasons. We change. We ebb. We flow as humans. It's just the way that we're made. And so... You know, there's going to be new differences. There's going to be things that were differences during the early part of your marriage that aren't really a problem or existent, you know, in the future. Yeah. And there's going to be some core differences that just exist deeply within who you are and who your spouse is that you guys definitely want to kind of be on the same page about. For sure. For sure. Know what they are and know how to navigate those. Yeah. And I want to be clear when we're talking about differences, we're not talking about like, you know, your spouse being lazy or like not wanting to contribute to maintaining the house or raising the kids or, you know, kind of, I hate to say the word, like the phrase pulling their weight, but you do have to contribute to like everyday life things in a marriage. And so I'm not really talking about like kind of a heart attitude of like just being lazy and not wanting to do those things. That's a totally separate thing that, you know, you really need to like if we were in that position, I would be praying for like if it was me that's like I didn't want to contribute to X, Y and Z. Michael would be praying for my heart. And if I saw those things, I should be praying for why my heart feels that way. So we're not necessarily talking about those things, but we are talking about like differences in like what route you take to church or how you load the dishwasher or how you communicate or process certain things. Like those are the differences that we're talking about. Yeah. And if you've been listening for a while, that uh, dishwasher uh, (laughs) scenario comes up a lot. It's like one of the best things, one of our best examples of how we do things oh completely differently. Yeah. <laughs> Cleanliness. Yeah. We, and actually today we had another discussion about like the deep cleaning part of the kitchen cleaning. Well, that was yesterday. Yeah. You, you, you don't remember. It happens too much. You wrote it off. I texted you about it. Oh, well, that's the same. I, I just, I got sick and tired of there being junk on the counters. Like it has to be cleaned. Yeah, so that's a a big difference there. Um, And yeah, it's one of those other things too. It's like we're talking about this and kind of assuming that both parties that we're talking about are pulling their weight and yet there's still some different ways of doing things. So that's kind of what we're getting at there. Yeah. In case you were still wondering about that after Elizabeth said it. Yeah. You got it pretty clear. Yeah, like if your spouse is like really checked out of the marriage that's totally separate that is another thing that 1000 percent needs to be addressed in counseling having that mediator that third party who is not emotionally involved in your marriage to help walk you through that that is essential to survival in that Um, so we're not talking about that if you're both contributing to the marriage but you just have a different approach in how you do things. Those are the differences that we're talking about. Kind of those everyday differences, I would say. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just make sure we're on the same page. Yeah. So I got a question for you. Yeah. Would you say that you and I are more different or more alike? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know because I can, I can think of ways that we're very similar and maybe it's more in like likes and dislikes. Versus how we do things, we're very different. Yeah, I would say we're definitely liking our core values and stuff. So that that makes it easier, by the way. Like if you have the same core values, like what you want for your family, what you hold dear, 
um, like spiritually and stuff like that. That really, really is the core. Like, how do you feel about God? Number one, that helps. Um, but where we differ is like Elizabeth is a lot more artistic and kind of free thinking, I guess. Not really free thinking. I don't think that's the right word. No. Because you're a little more regimented in some ways too. Yeah. I'm very type A. Type A perfectionist. And then I'm kind of a go with the flow, loosey goosey. No, I think, I don't know that that's necessarily true. I think you just don't have a plan and you think everything's going to work out. So that's <laughs> not, that's not, yeah, you are, Michael is an gonna, optimist yeah. and I am a realist and realists need, need plans is what they need because they know that that is the realistic way to get things done. Do you know what I'm going to say next? What? A realist is what pessimists call themselves. No, I don't think everything is doom and gloom. <laughs> I just see the situation. Let's call a spade a spade, okay? Yeah. A spade is a spade. Yeah. It's either a success or it's a failure. And Pessimists are going to say, it. well, everything is a failure and we should have done this and it didn't live up to my expectations. I know pessimists. Yeah. They're like Eeyores. They are extremely draining people. I'm a realist. My realist out there. You know, Hello. you're 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 raising a hand right now. You're like, yeah, that's me. That's me. Yeah. Well, getting kind of the point of differences and how do we like are we always think of them in such a negative light. But in this case in particular, sometimes an optimist and an optimist is generally thought of as a good thing. But for me, sometimes what um, our friend Rasmus said, there's a Swedish word called a time optimist. <laughs> yeah. So this is somebody there's a Swedish word for it. I can't remember what it was, but so like I'll get ready for the morning. This happens mostly on Sunday mornings and Elizabeth is doing her hair and makeup and picking an outfit or whatever. So my job is out there in the main area, getting the kids corralled, fed, getting some water, getting their outfits on and ready to go because Elizabeth's taking care of her stuff. And I'm generally ready and I need to get and, them. Yeah, you're ready in like five seconds. So yeah. it's just, it makes more sense for you to do that. Also, I get the kids ready every other day of the week. So it's nice to one day a week not have to do it. Yeah. And I have no problem with that. But we generally don't make it to church quite on time. And let me, and I, I you know that I love you. And on, it's always good when she starts <laughs> like that. It's like, oh, this is going to be bad. On days when Michael like volunteers in like the sound booth or production, he leaves early and then it's my job to get the kids ready and everything. We show up to church on time. Ah, you do. But <laughs> like 10 minutes when later. Michael is at home with us and helping, we always show up 10 minutes late. <laughs> and what, so what happens I wish is, I, could, I would love to argue with you, but man, I have nothing. It's true. <laughs> And the thing that happens is, is like, I know realistically the routine of what needs to happen with the kids and being fed to get us. And like what time I say, like, all right, it's time to get in the van. I say it so early because I know nobody hears me the first 15 times. And in order for us to arrive on time, we have to like church starts at 10. I have to tell people at 925, get in the van. And we live like eight minutes from our church. Yeah, I, every Sunday it's the same thing. I'm like, do you have a watch? It is 9.25. Do you know how long it takes us to get there? We're not going to get there at 9.35. That's insane. But And I never think about it. Like, I never actually like, you know what? She's doing this as a as a yeah. trick thing. So what Michael doesn't think about as far as at least the loading process and getting to church on time is it's going to take us at least 10 minutes to get everybody in the van 
And before you even do that, so our dog likes to climb on the couch when we're gone, which drives me bananas. So literally have to take five minutes yeah. to cover all the surfaces in the living room. And it it like irks my soul to have to do that. Yeah, it and if you have a, crazy. any suggestions, we'd love to hear them. We want to get like an alarm mat or something. Something or a to break the habit. Oh my goodness. Jar, jar, get off the couch. Okay, so you have to plan five minutes to do all that. And then you have to plan at least 10 minutes to get everybody in the car. So you're looking at 940 at this point, realistically. And then you have to actually drive to church, which at most will say 10 minutes, 950. Then you have to schedule time to get everybody out of the car, in the building, and in your seats, which will take 10 minutes. And where? what time are we at? 10 a.m. Okay. So I like I literally, point. literally in my mind, that's how I'm thinking about the morning and like getting everybody ready for church. Like, okay, first things first is they need, they can have breakfast, make sure that they eat breakfast. If they're too slow, then, you know, turn the TV off or whatever, like make sure they're eating. And then the next thing they have to get dressed. Okay. And so, but sometimes what Michael does is that like he'll clean the kitchen and take his time, which is like cleaning the kitchen is not a bad thing. But it just prevents our timeline from moving forward. So he he visualizes the morning so differently than I do. And he falls into that time optimistically. Like, we got plenty of time. We got plenty of time. And I'm like, no, we don't. No, we don't. No, we don't. <laughs> I'm running around like, hurry, do this, do that. And it just, it's a source of tension for us because even to this day, <laughs> I guarantee you on Sunday, we're going to have a conversation about it. Yeah. But it's good because we're learning to love each other through our differences. <laughs> we are. We are. Because it's, it's like, well, I won't lie. I mean, there's a lot of Sundays when it gets kind of like stressful, but it's one of those things. I appreciate having somebody, not in the moment always, <laughs> but, you know, looking back, it's like, I'm glad I have Elizabeth to like kind of keep me on a schedule because I'd, I'd be late to everything if it wasn't for you. That's true. Yeah, I still am, but. That's right. Well, you're not late to work. That's true. Maybe I need but to you pay, have nothing to do with that. Maybe I need to pay you to be places. No, it's funny. I always go to work before Elizabeth even wakes up. So that's all me, baby. But it's, there's a lot more at stake if you're constantly yes. late to work. So yes. that motivates me. <laughs> yeah. So like that's just one example of how our differences are. And so those are the differences that we're talking about. And it I'm not going to lie to you guys. It has caused a lot of arguments for us weekly a lot of times daily and it's one of those things that you just like i have to recognize okay all right this we're made differently we're wired differently we literally walk into a room and view it differently the same room we process and intake information 1000 percent differently yeah and that's every single room we go to yeah every single room i will see like all the things that need to be cleaned and Michael just be like, ah, oh, there's a bed. Let me lay down. <laughs> oh, come on. Like, you make me sound like freaking so lazy. <laughs> well, when you walk, if you walked into our room and you know the state that it's in, what would be your first thought? Man, there's a lot of stuff on the floor. <laughs> no. That's not true. I don't know. You want me to actually answer? Yeah. Because I like, have no idea. I have no idea what my answer would be. I think maybe it would be like, why are you going into the room? What's your motivation for actually going into the room? So that would yeah, because it depends. If I'm coming in to sleep, yeah. I'd notice the bed. If I'm coming sure. in to like go to the computer, it'd be that. Yeah, but yeah. I, I just uh, I don't know. Filter out stuff. Yeah, you. Yeah, you're just your 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 brain just doesn't see that stuff. That's not a bad thing. 
that's not a bad thing. But what I have learned to prioritize and communicating is I have to let Michael know when I'm coming to the edge. And I literally did it today when I am tired of being the only one that picks up after everybody because it happens all the time. And I just like, look, I am I am like on my knees, desperate for help because I can't take the cleaning anymore. I can't take being the only one that like, because, you know, you have three young kids, they're tornadoes. They're individually tornadoes, just like messing up things. And there's beauty in the mess, but also at the same time, there's responsibility in caring for your house and your things. And I have to communicate to Michael when I'm like, I am, I am, whew, I'm coming to the edge. I need help. So we've got to to make tonight a cleaning night for everybody to clean up and to pull their their weight. And that has that has become something that I have learned to communicate before I explode because <laughs> I wasn't always good at that. And sometimes I still fall into that, but learning how to work together in our differences because Michael's not like he's he's not like oh, I don't want to clean. He's like, "Yeah, just tell me what you need to clean." He's more of just like, tell me what you need done and I'll do it. Um, and he's happy to do it. It's just I have to learn to communicate that to him. He's not a mind reader. Yeah. One of the things that I kind of that kind of came up in my mind as we're talking about this and talking about where we want to go with this episode is the, the verse from Psalm 139 that um, when we talk about how we are made and our gifts and our tendencies and the way that God put us together. I think of Psalm 139, um, for you formed my inward parts. You knit, knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Mm. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. Mm, so like, I that kind of kept coming back to me. And it was just like, rather than just having this thorn in everyone's side, both of our side in our marriage of like, I'm just so different from her. He's just, you know, he's just so different from me. We're just never going to see the same thing eye to eye. What we should instead focus on is that the Lord made us differently for a very specific purpose. Mm. My different, my tendencies and priorities and Elizabeth's tendencies and priorities are going to come together. One can strengthen the other so that our marriage can be a strong like foundation for this family and light to other people. And kind of just like show the glory of God and celebrate all kinds of different stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's viewing those differences differently. So instead of like harboring on them and being like, oh, why can't you just do it my way? Like that's being annoyed with your spouse's differences, but instead celebrating those differences, like you said, and figuring out how they can work together and uplift the other person. Because truly marriage is a selfless, like dying to yourself union <laughs> all day every day yeah and when we're entering into it in a selfish mindset then we're like oh those differences i can't stand them versus oh those differences i don't have the the time optimist ready to laugh personality like michael helps me laugh and chill out because i'm like oh, i gotta go do things i gotta get all the things done and type a and da 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 you know yeah that reminds me tonight um, our older two share a room and I had to go in there cause they were being pretty loud and our son, Henry, I'm kind of <laughs> noticing as he's getting older, he's approaching four years old. That kid can really get to my funny bone <laughs> at the worst times. 
he's just kind of a he's just kind of a goofball and I, he did something that was he like raised his voice and it wasn't exactly out of anger but it was just way too loud for the time of night and so I went in there to go like discipline him and I can't remember exactly what he did but it just got me I had to actually turn around and like leave and compose myself because like I'm not going to be effective <laughs> if I'm laughing this hard. He, he, and he did it again. I came back in and cracked a second time. I didn't have to leave, but I was like, oh my goodness. So yeah, that's my yeah. tendency there. Yeah. It's so like I need that. Michael knows that I need that because I get so sucked into the to-do list and removing emotion and just becoming basically like a robot. <laughs> he knows that he's got to be like, chill out, woman. Yeah. <laughs> The Terminator. <laughs> yeah. Must complete all tasks. Otherwise, no bedtime. <laughs> You've never seen The Terminator, have you? Of course not. No. <laughs> I don't know why I even asked. <laughs> of course I've never seen that. Are you kidding me? Too much for me. And one thing that we've had to really diligently work at is like our arguing and like how we process tension, you know, how we process that information and like a, an argument. I am... I am like, all right, we need to attack the problem. We need to figure it out. And then we need to have closure. Bam, bam, bam. I'm the total opposite. <laughs> Michael's the, he's like, mm, I'm going to retreat for a minute. Hey, and... this, this lawn ain't going to mow itself. <laughs> yeah. I get outside for like. Honey, it's like 12 a.m. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I, you just mowed yesterday. It's like, well, it's uh, longer now. <laughs> it grew a tiny bit. Yeah, so Michael, not that he like wants to avoid conflict, it just makes him uncomfortable. And no, he... I try to avoid it. Oh, you do? You <laughs> I'd wanna... say I avoid it pretty okay. heavily. Okay, so see, you learn new things all the time. <laughs> um, so Michael avoids it, and he would rather just not talk about it. But the problem with that is you, you can't, first of all, <laughs> you can't avoid conflict in your marriage. You have to talk about it. You have to resolve it. You do have to come to a... Um, a resolution that is vital in the survival of your marriage because what's going to happen is, is you're not going to talk about the things that annoy you and you're going to stuff it down and stuff it down and then one day you both are going to explode. Nuclear. And yeah, it's going to be nuclear and you're not going to know what to do. So it's just kind of like when you're weeding a garden, it's better to constantly pull those weeds, you know, maybe once a weekend or once every couple of days or whatever, like just here and there instead of like letting it go for a year and then be like, oh my goodness, this is too much to tackle. I can't do it. Don't have that approach. It's not healthy. So what for us, when we argue, what we've had to do is I have had to 1000% soften my approach to Michael because I am just like, jump, attack. Here it is. Lay it all out. Now give me your feedback right now. Let's go. And Michael's like, uh-uh, I need a minute to process uh -huh. and like figure out like how he feels about it. He likes to take his time and process through stuff. Whereas like I, I have gut reactions. I, I make decisions pretty quickly and 99% of the time they're the right decision. And that's just the way I've always been. But, you know, I've had to soften my approach to Michael and instead of saying you, 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 it's this is how this made me feel. I'm very hurt right now. I don't understand why you said this or why you maybe handled it this way. Can you please help me understand? And so it comes from a, a place of wanting to learn about Michael as opposed to you hurt me. You need to fix you, you, you. It's when you rephrase how you're approaching your spouse, it's either like you either approach it selfishly 
and it's like it's all your fault or hey the most important thing is our marriage how do we protect that yeah and and make us stronger yeah exactly and that's another kind of way to bring it back to the point of today's episode is just like i hated the different argument style for the first couple of years of our mm. marriage it was like yeah i what i wouldn't pay to have her approach arguments the same i'm so <laughs> tired of these long drawn out like arguments that i'm not quite ready to have yet and then after having so many it was like i'm starting to appreciate it. it sounds crazy i'm not just saying this for the podcast i really felt this way but like i really started to appreciate it. like sometimes i got to f- be forced out of my turtle shell and just hash some stuff out because it really felt good like hanging out on the couch afterwards watching a movie being able to reach over and hold elizabeth's hand with a like a pure heart about it instead of like all this crap that was building up inside like we might have talked about it a little bit or not at all. And mm-hmm. I just like sitting on the couch, having not hashed that out and come to oneness would be weird. Yeah. So and that would that'd be exactly how I would approach it if it was just my decision. So I really, really, truly have appreciated that. Now, again, in the middle of one of those things, like, <laughs> oh, I just want to avoid this. <laughs> yeah. I'd rather not do this. But when you're searching for just, What's the right word? Like oneness is not really my favorite. But. Unity. Yeah. When you're searching for unity, uh, it is just, it's like getting stuff completely hashed out is the better way to go. Yeah. And so in the differences, like how those differences strengthen us in our marriage is that, like Michael said, it forces him to really like churn up some things in a really healthy way because those things are important and good to talk about. And to reach the resolution and Michael's difference in needing to slow down and take a step back is that it's really allowed me to take account of my like gut reactions and emotions and like say, wait a minute, let me process this. Is this a good thing or is this a bad thing? Am I being selfish? Am I looking to preserve the marriage? How How is this helping the situation? How is this hurting the situation? Whereas if I just attacked, it's kind of like blind emotion like just let's talk about it la 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 you know but for michael to force me to slow down he'd be like look i need a minute we had an argument a few months ago where he's like i just need to take a walk and i was like i don't want you to take a walk like i want to talk about this but i was like and inside that's the dialogue i'm having like no we need to resolve but what came out was okay that's what you need and this is not, it's not, that's the, that's the dying to oneself in marriage. That's what Michael needed in the moment. And so it's my joy to give it to him. Like, yeah, go take a walk. Like it will probably be good for me to cool down to. You know? Yeah. And, and I came back in and it was uh, a much, I think it was a much shorter argument than it would have been. Yeah. And it was a lot more productive. Yes. So I appreciate you giving me that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little, little time outside. Time, but- Little outside time with the fur ball walking around. Yeah. It was cool. Yeah. So that's the that's really important. And I think I like I also want to talk about why those feelings of like annoyance towards your spouse's differences, like figuring out why, like, for example, like why I'm annoyed that Michael handles it, you know, he's always a time optimist. Why does that annoy me? Um, you know, Getting to the heart of that issue helps me understand 
myself and helps me work through some areas that need to be worked through. So like if I'm like just super upset at you, like why can't you get it together? Like why can't you just do what I need for you to do and get the kids to church on time? Like if that's my approach to Michael and I'm like, okay, wait a minute, let's take stock of why I just said that and why my heart's feeling that way is I'm annoyed that he's not doing it my way. Okay. My way. Control. The feeling of needing to have control, which a lot of people can can um, identify with. Yep. Losing control. I don't feel safe. I don't feel cared for. I don't feel like Michael values me. So if I keep going like asking why, 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 I can get to these super productive answers. You know, I want to have control. Why do I need control? Because it makes me feel safe. Well, when if I don't have control, then I don't feel safe. Okay. If I don't feel safe, what does that tell me about Michael? That he doesn't care about my safety, which is not true. Michael absolutely 100% cares about my safety. But when you are willing to do that heart work and ask yourself why, then you can reach a productive level within your like deepest of heart attitude towards your spouse that can really strengthen your relationship if you're willing to deal with it. So if I tell Michael, like it really just, it really makes me feel like unsettled and unsafe when, when I feel like I'm kind of losing control and that could be, that could stem from like anxiety and trauma and things like that. And then that's like a whole other thing. That's a whole go see a counselor type thing. But talking to him about those feelings is really, really important because he cares about me and he wants me to feel safe. And, and then I need to work on the fact that I'm not always going to have control and that's okay. And so working through those things, whether it's like pride or control or like, you know, my way or the highway, we got to peel back some layers there because that's a destructive mindset. Yeah. I totally agree. And those are those are really difficult things to do. I am not well versed at that. I'm not in practice with that kind of thing. And that's actually something I need to do more of is like, you know, why did I react that way? Why did I react that way to Elizabeth asking me to clean something that was honestly filthy and <laughs> should have been cleaned three nights ago? Why did I react that way to the kids? You know, they're just being, uh, you know, little kids. They're noisy. They're loud. So that that heart question, we could talk about that every single week, mm, yeah, because that gets down to so much of where we where we get our identity from. Yeah, are we getting it from ourselves, or are we getting it from somewhere higher? Yeah, and I will say, the more time I spend in the Word, the less those pride and like control and selfish desires take over. Sure, and so that's one hundred percent like just so key. Be in the Word. Be in prayer be, you know, going to church involved in those things is essential. It's essential to having a thriving marriage, a thriving family, being diligent about those things because we've recentered our mind and our heart on the most important thing, which is Christ. It's not about what I want and me, 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 you know, and, and that, that it's really important that we remember that the differences are the differences are not the enemy 
And I think sometimes when I remove myself from the word and from prayer in church, I'm like, oh, that time optimism again, it's just killing me. It's like, whoa, wait a minute. The time optimism is not the enemy. That's literally the way God made you. And if I have an issue with that, then I have an issue with God. And that's, I don't want to have an issue with God. <laughs> I don't want that. Yeah. And so it's really important for, I want to encourage you as a listener to remember that the, the differences between you and your spouse are not the enemy. It's important to keep in mind that you're on the same team. And so how do you take the time optimist and the type A that likes to be on time to things? How do you make that work together? And it's taken us a long time and I'm sure it will take the rest of our marriage, but it's one of those insignificant things that isn't going to make or break the marriage, if you know what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a good summary. Yeah, we're, we're wonderfully made. We are different. There's strength in that. There's power in that, too. Yeah. So don't, don't get down in the dumps about it. Don't let it frustrate you. Like I said, if it's something that's really, truly a problem, then seek some help about that. But yeah, just the little things, just, you know. Let him go. Let him be a joy to you. Yeah. And I, I do want to add, like, you know, you're on the same team. It just kind of reminded me of, like, a sports analogy. No matter what sport you're playing, except for tennis, because if you're doing singles tennis, but if you're playing a team sport, you know, football, volleyball, basketball, baseball, you know, you name it, that involves a team, you each bring different strengths. You can't have 11 quarterbacks otherwise – you're going to all be throwing the ball with nobody to catch it. You got to have your running back. You have to have your O-line. You have to have your quarterback. You have to have, you know, you name it. All those spots have to be filled in order for the team to be successful. And that is the same way with your marriage. You are a team. You bring different strengths. And to expect you guys to both be quarterbacks in a marriage, you know, that happens. You might have, you might be in a marriage where you and your spouse are really identical in a lot of things. And it's caused a lot of friction. Maybe you're too type A, and then you have to learn how to navigate that. Um, but there's going to be some differences somewhere. Yep. So you have to learn how to navigate that and make that be your best quality together as opposed to the quality that makes it fall apart. Yeah. Well said. Don't let it do that. I love the football analogy. <laughs> you can never lose me on a football analogy. <laughs> yeah, bring it on. I just had to do it. Yeah, so that that um, just sums up everything, I feel like. Yeah. and. Uh, we so appreciate you guys every week. Um, this this episode has been, I feel like, really therapeutic for me. <laughs> Just a good reminder. So I yeah. think our challenge um, to you guys this week would be to, in the next seven days, to sit down with your spouse and talk about, um, I'm sure that within the past few days, you have experienced a difference that has really caused some friction. And just say, you know, hey, I don't want this difference to be causing friction anymore let's figure out a game plan to make it work for us and so in the next seven days sit down with your spouse and talk about that it, just one difference don't don't worry about a whole laundry list just one difference of how you can make that work for you as opposed to working against you and with that said y'all are amazing yes we appreciate you guys so much so, so much. If you ever have any questions, you can email us, find us on the show, socials. All the links are in the show notes. And please don't hesitate if you have a question that you want us to discuss on the podcast. We never reveal who it's from. And we are more than happy to do that. And we, we just love you guys. Y'all are amazing. Yeah. So we'll talk to y'all next week.
Bye.